Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday afternoon and welcome on in to another episode of Great Quarter Gals. I'm Kaylee Nix here with my partner in crime, Grace Sharkey. And Grace, it's our first episode of the year and we're kicking it off with a good one. Yeah, uh, uh, got two amazing women that we're going to have on the show, uh, some great content to provide. So happy new year and happy 2023. As we move into the new year, Grace, any big time goals you're looking at setting? I'm not like a resolutioner, right? Like I don't write like my resolutions because I think like continuous improvement is the name of the game. But like, what about some goals? What are you wanting to accomplish this year? Could be career related or not. Uh. You know, I think there's, I, I want to try to give back to my community a little bit more. I, I grew up, my family's big. We used to go volunteer at the shelter a couple of times a year. And that's, uh, I haven't done that in a while. And uh, now that um, I, I'm back near my hometown, I want to try to give back a little bit more to the community. So I think that's one thing. We talked this morning on Freightways Now about doing the Girl Scout troop thing as mm-hmm. well. So I, I want to do a little bit more philanthropic type of philanthropy type of work basically here near where I'm from. I love that. I love that. A very authentic to you type of goal for this year. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's uh I'm the same. Like uh if I set set a goal or some kind of resolution, I'm not gonna hit it. But if I uh you know put the lives of someone else on the line like <laughs> and improving and helping them, then I'll I'll run for it, that's for sure. I always put another spirit. <laughs> There you go. I love that. I love that. One of my goals this year is to be a little more active on LinkedIn, maybe be a little bit more intentional, interact with some some people, maybe create some of my own personal content. We'll see how that goes and where that takes me. So if you're not following me on LinkedIn yet, follow me on LinkedIn. That's awesome. I, I'm excited for that. That's going to be great. Plus, you're so busy outside of work too. So uh, you're, you're a busy gal. You don't, you don't need a resolution at this point. Well, lots going on in the world of Kaylee. Grace, let's bring it back here yeah. to our show today. So as you mentioned, we've got some good t- content. We're kind of staying on that theme of philanthropy and nonprofits. And today we are talking to two incredible women who have created a book series to get folks more interested in the industry. And we're also talking a little bit about truckers against trafficking. And the fight against human trafficking and to really bring more awareness to the issue and help people become more keen observers and hopefully save some lives. Yeah, it's uh, January, which means it's National Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And we all know that Truckers Against Trafficking is one of the biggest organizations that uh, we have against fighting uh, human trafficking as well. I think a lot of people don't, or maybe underestimate how often truckers are involved with uh, solving and helping with these crimes. Uh, so I'm really excited that we're going to touch on this a little bit as well, because it's uh, there's a lot of air, uh, red flags and I think areas where people can help out, uh, well, especially traveling around the road right now. Let's talk a little bit about some of those red flags. Obviously, it depends on the different profession, but there, human trafficking is something that can happen at any point and really in any mode of transportation, right? We see it often with over-the-road drivers. We see it sometimes with folks who are trafficked in using a charter bus system or things like that. Let's talk about some of those red flags specifically for over-the-road drivers. Yeah. Uh, so this one I think is huge. And this is especially for even in airports as well. Lack of knowledge of their own whereabouts or especially control of their own identification. That's going to be a huge one, especially um, no matter what age as well. You want to, uh, of course, watch out for that at any age that the male or female might be. 
uh, of course, for those in the truck, uh, any type of chatter, uh, we, we all know about lot lizards and the terms that are out there for um, where some of these situations could be happening. So uh, watching out for that. Uh, of course, restricted control of communication. I think uh, that goes a lot aligned with the first one. Uh, acknowledgement of some type of pimp or some type of quota that they're making. That likely you're going to hear uh, throughout different conversations uh, at a truck stop or, again, airports are huge. Uh, even your own neighborhoods as well you want to watch out for. Uh, and then some a vehicle out of place. I think that's uh, I actually have a friend who um, avoided being kidnapped in a human trafficking situation uh, in Michigan once, and that was uh, one of the signs that her friends had had helped and, and actually caught uh, and grabbed her before they unfortunately almost grabbed and took her. If you see a van or an RV in a location where it's really not supposed to be there, and it's tough these days, right, with taxis, Ubers, uh, deliveries, but... When you sense it and you feel it in your gut, uh, it's time to speak up and say something. So uh, that last one there is definitely huge, especially for even your own neighborhoods as well. Important as we put a lot of the onus to stop this over the road on the drivers, right? They're the ones who are interacting mm -hmm. maybe with other drivers at the truck stop. Maybe they see someone who looks out of place, maybe a younger child or a younger female or someone who just doesn't necessarily belong. And they're, they're maybe afraid to say something to authorities or to really kind of make that report because they're not quite sure. And oftentimes those drivers don't necessarily engage with the public a ton, right? You're not necessarily seeing these people come in and out of your trucks. You're used to engaging with the drivers. But you mentioned the rideshare aspect of that. And I really want to touch on the rideshare a lot because oftentimes Uber drivers are Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, rideshare drivers are front facing to public patrons, right? You could have someone who is a trafficker bringing their victim with them in the back of an Uber or a taxi or a cab. And it's that driver's job to notice and to really make sure that they're picking up on the clues and paying attention and then making the proper reports. Yeah, most definitely. And when you talk about reporting as well, uh, and this, I think, especially for truck drivers out there, a lot of them are very strong individuals who a lot of times are, let's be honest, packing their own weapons as well. Uh, don't put, don't take the, this into your own hands. Don't become the law. No don't vigilante. The, no vigilantism here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, none of it. Make sure it's reported. Uh, and move forward from there. But uh, I think that's a big part of this too. Even those in the Uber situations, don't uh, go off on a baby driver situation, trying to fly around and, and save the day. Um, maybe drive to a local station, something of that nature, but uh, don't don't try to take any of the, the law into your hands because that could just lead to a more dangerous situation. Absolutely. So it's National Human Trafficking Prevention Month and you can head on over to truckersagainsttrafficking.org and really gain some valuable knowledge just from citizen here. But Truckers Against Trafficking also has an app that you can download as well. Yeah. That's on iOS and Google Play and you can get them get their resources and really figure out how to arm yourself and be better prepared. You don't even necessarily have to be a driver or someone involved in the transportation industry. You don't have to be a trucker to fight against trafficking. You can just be a normal human person who wants to see the stop. Yeah. And for those drivers out there, they actually ETAT, E-T-A-T, is their ELD friendly app as well. So if you don't want to put another application on your phone, you can actually download one uh, on your ELD as well, which is probably one of the best ways to, to use that interface, right? So uh, 
tons of ways to get involved, tons of ways to report something that you've seen. Uh, and I've talked to them in the past. It's always best to report uh, than, than under-report, right? Even if you're like, oh, I'm not sure, I don't want to get into a situation. A lot of times those, those odd situations are the ones that end up saving a life. So um, if you see something, say something. Absolutely. 100%. It's so important to bring this issue to light, Grace, but let's go ahead and introduce our guests. Maybe turn to a little bit of a lighter note. We've got two incredible women joining us today, both of whom have created a book series introducing children to the world of trucking. So with us today, we've got Debbie Sparks and we've got Linda Hagopian, both co-founders of Good Buggy. And guys, thank you both for being here. Thank Hello. you. Hello. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies. Excited to see you. I, went, I saw Debbie at Race Across America. So we just recently saw each other and uh, happy to yeah. have you guys on the show. <laughs> yeah, she was excited so to meet exciting. you. She was talking about that. Yeah. Great. So, Debbie, you are executive director of the National Motor Freight Traffic Association. You are a board member of Race Across America. You and Linda have both co-founded and created this book series. Starting off with you, give us a little bit of a background of involvement and how you got interested and involved in truck transportation and how you've really developed into these multiple very interesting roles. <laughs> um, a lot of time on my hands. No, um, I fell into trucking. Honestly, um, I was, I had come, I was in the dot-com and it was back in the days when we had, had the Soho and the dot-com crash. And I worked for a small um, company and we were purchased by Kinko's and we actually did some of the first packaging with FedEx. Um, we were creating the online version for Kinko's back before you brought in your floppy disk and you wanted to do it virtually. And um, we had to create packaging and do it all over the world. And the job offer came in to move to California. And I lived in Washington, D.C., and it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I put my resume out and I got an invitation from the American Trucking Associations to come in and head up their marketing. And I took it. And that was the beginning of my journey in trucking and have been in here ever since. And my legacy, I think, is the children book series, because what I learned is everybody in the trucking industry that I have met is um, they're patriots, they're believers in this country, they're, they're the doers, they're the backbone, they're the people you can trust and rely on, and have met just some of the most amazing relationships through this industry. And one of the things that I always felt is that there weren't enough people amplifying wonderful things about our industry. And that's what hooked me and kept me here. And it was through that that I met Linda. Um, she came in, she, when I was working at the Truckload Carriers Association as their vice president, we needed help in our education area and growing our training and education. And she was a consultant that came in to help us. Um, and we got talking about, she had a passion for kids and being an author. And I had a passion for trucking and we just after we would meet in our regular jobs, we would chit chat about this endeavor and we finally did it. <laughs> and they're great books. I bought them for my nieces. I just recently bought them for Christmas gifts. Uh, I, I love them. They're so detailed and so, so focused on this industry. Uh, Linda, how, what's the book writing process like, especially for a book like this that does really wrap in a lot of the industry in its plot lines. 
Right. So Debbie and I, uh, when we meet, we talk about kind of uh, the overall theme. So when we first decided to do this, we were talking about how wonderful it would be to tell some really great stories about you know, truck drivers and some of the um, some of the challenges that they confront and that kind of thing. Some of the fun stories that they have. A lot of that comes from Debbie because she has been in the industry for so long and knows so many people and knows so many drivers. So we started thinking about it. And we thought, how could we tell the story? And then we decided that, well, um, you know, kind of on a monthly basis, basis, there's always an event or an activity. And we know most things involve trucking at some point, right? To get uh, supplies and uh, goods to point from point A to point B. So we thought about a theme, um, an activity for every month. So July was, you know, delivering hot dogs to the Fourth of July party. You know, um, August was no. I'm sorry, I screwed up. But <laughs> ice cream to the Fourth of July party, and then hot dogs to the Little League World Series. Right. So we took every month basically and outlined kind of what what that trail would be like and what that adventure would be like. So I love this. That's kind of the book writing process. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's been a lot of fun. I mean, Debbie and I, you know, first of all, it's based off of a really good, solid friendship and in our personalities really mesh. We have a lot of fun creating the storylines. We have a lot of fun creating characters and names for no, characters. No, 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 we fight too. We fight because <laughs> Linda will go on a creative yeah. tangent and she's writing and I'll be like, no, no, a truck driver would never do that. No, you cannot do that. Linda, That that's not how it happens. We can't, we can't. And she's like, Debbie, it's a creative children's book. We can embellish. Yeah. I'm like, no. Because we're going to show respect to the truck drivers in the industry. You can't do that. And and she's like, okay, right. okay, okay. Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I get a little bit too uh, passionate. Yes. Yeah, but that, see, that's, that's, I look at that as fun. That's fun. That's the creative process, you know. So, you know, that that's what I'm used to. I'm in marketing communications my entire career. And I, you know, we have those kinds of activities and interact all of the time so it's all part of the creative process but you're right Debbie Debbie really is a, a you know gets really detailed about these things because she wants it to be I will say you know while this is intended to be for a wider audience we know the trucking industry um, is going to be particularly interested and you know they'll call a foul <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what we do. Just like Debbie does in the creative process, right? They'll say, I, I don't know if that's really what I want, what I, what happens on the road, but you know, we have a good time. You know, I, I think about how formative pieces of media like this are for kids as they're starting to explore their options and think about, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I'm a meteorologist by trade, right? And I was like a six-year-old saying, I want to be a meteorologist. I learned that word from the magic school bus, from hearing Miss Frizzle yeah. talk about it and like Miss Frizzle does the weather, right? And without that piece of media, I wouldn't have gotten into my career and found an interest in a field that is honestly pretty obscure. Same thing with the driver industry, right? A lot of us are trying to kind of rewrite the narrative of what truck driving is. And especially in the last few years, there's been a really, really great effort in kind of removing the curtain, taking away the mask and removing a lot of stereotype from what the industry brings. And that gets people and younger kids more interested in how they can help support 
America's economy, literally keeping us running. Debbie, can you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. from the trucking side of things, how important that is and what that means to you to know that you guys are doing the work to get the next generation interested in supporting our economy? So Yes. And this kind of answers my favorite character question too. So at TCA for 10 years in the truckload side of the business, I mean, it's driver shortage, driver shortage, driver shortage. And, and how do we how do we make the industry appealing? Um, and, and, and how do we tell the true story? And when TCA would run um, our, our annual driver contest and we would interview the drivers and, and we'd ask different questions. And a lot of times the questions that they would pick to answer were what they would see and experience on the road. And the stories that would come out of that were awesome. And, and it was things that you'll never see sitting in an office, sitting behind a desk, working in a warehouse. And then I started thinking about my nieces and my nephews um, and, and a lot of that generation that doesn't feel the pressure to go to college right away, that's trying to find themselves, really try find, figure out what their calling is, but their parents are screaming at them, make a living, make a living, get independent. <laughs> and I thought, and that's kind of where the, the idea, and Linda kind of had a couple nephews and I had a nephew and nieces and, and we were like, you know, you can ride your bike, you can bring your bike, you can bring snowboards, you you know, and we learned this from a lot of the drivers, the places that they would go and see, the family that they could visit, um, the adventures that they get to do. And we thought that's what we really need to highlight, but also, you know, tie it back into training and education. You know, let's learn about geography. Let's learn about the world. Um, We also built in the glossary so we would tie in trucking terms. So if they wanted some new vocabulary, they could have that. But, you know, it kind of tied back really to how do we address the driver shortage? You know, we're looking at autonomous trucks, but, you know, there's still that, you know, the tiny movement started. And and why haul a tiny house when you could haul a trailer and make money Um, and you could live in a really, really tiny house? Um, so it all kind of paralleled with what was going on and, and kind of filling a need, but also our creative side of really wanting to, to write a children's storybook and fill that need. So um, Linda was very kind in, in letting us fine tune it into trucking. Oh, no, it was great, well, too. I mean, we, we actually have um, in the book, too, Debbie mentions the glossary, but we actually added an adventure map that shows yeah. them how he got from point A to point B. You know, and in the next story, you know, he, he take he goes walleye fishing up at Lake Erie, you know, and we have the adventure map include that. And he's a real adventure guy. He takes his bike, trip wheeler, I'm talking about the main character of the book. Anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Kaylee. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no it's, it, uh, well, hey, I, I, one of my questions was going to be, is there going to be another book? So thank you for answering that one. Uh, for you guys to introduce Lonnie's a little bit to the characters, Who's one of your favorite characters from the book and why? Linda, you go first. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. And this this may be because I recently got my first dog. Um, and I love Detour. <laughs> I just love Detour. And and the, the personality of Detour is an Australian shepherd. He's out and about. And he's always looking around. And, you know, he at the end, the reason we called him Detour is at the end of every book, all of a sudden he's gone. And he's exploring and they have to find him. So I would say, you know, detour. And then some of the the small add-ins that we have. I love Rusty Hooligan. Um, he's in the second <laughs> book. And 
and he is a cranky old truck driver that looks, you know, his personality is just his name. So he's a little rusty, you know? So, um, <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, Debbie, you go next. No, and I have to say, Rusty Hooligan was designed after a lot of our old, very traditional drivers. I thought about when we switched to EL, um, electronic logs, you know, we're not going to do it. But what a lot, what they don't always show you that you learn in Rusty, our character, the biggest hearts in the world. They have that very rough exterior, but they've got the biggest hearts. They'll do anything for you once they let you in. Um, my favorite at, really was Dolly. Um, you know, I, and it's Dolly and Trip because it's, it's the contrast of the two, like the, the story that Linda was hinting at, um, you know, they're, they're going to be making the delivery. They're going to, they're both going to the same place. And Dolly recommends since they had to strap their load, it's, it's a flatbed that maybe they should go and stay the night at the rest stop. And Trip wasn't having anything to do with it. He's going walleye fishing, um, on Lake Erie. And he's not going to do it. And that's when he gets into trouble. So it's the young driver against more the season. You know, Dolly's more of the mentor. And she lets him do his thing, but she always kind of helps solve the problem. Um, so it, it's those are probably my two favorite. Um, but Rust, Rusty does hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> so I, I, I've got to say now, I'm going to have to go read the books because this is my Australian Shepherd. This is Goose. Oh, no kidding. And he yeah, is totally <laughs> relatable. I, you know what? I will take him on a road trip. And if I turn my back, he's gone, right? But now I'm going to have to go read the book <laughs> yeah, yeah. and get Goose to relate to that character. <laughs> Where can people go to find these and to learn a little bit more about them? Are we talking like independent bookstores? Are they out on Amazon? Where can folks go? All Amazon. Um, yes, they are on Amazon, and we do have a website too. It's it's ten hyphen for good buggy, so it's the ten for good buggy also. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah and they're they're well, great gifts. They're really they're very great for um, introducing your your nieces, nephews, kids to the industry. Uh, they have to solve problems. There's reefer breakdowns. There's uh, detours by detour as well. So uh, it. It's, it's a great way to explain even like uh, what a warehouse manager is and what a dock worker is in, in book two. So a lot of good stuff in there. It's so funny. Well, I have to tell a quick too. story. So oh, when I, ahead, I started my new job with the NMFTA back in February um, and I was meeting our board, one of the board members came up to me and he said, my wife thinks that you might be the same person that authors the story, the 10-4 Good Buggy story? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh my gosh, my grandchildren love that. He said, I've been in trucking my whole life. And she's always Googling to try to find books about trucking for the grandkids. He said, and, and we've bought yours. And he said the same question, you know, what's your next book? When's it coming out? They want more. Um, so, and yes, Grace, we do have another one coming out. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> well, and I'd like to mention too, just for a moment that um, many people have told us that they love the books just as much as the kids do, because there is that humor and those nuances and those terms in there that, you know, uh, make it fun for the, for the parents too, to read to the kids. So. Well, yeah. well, ladies, excellent work. And thank you so much, both of you guys, for coming on the show today to talk a little bit about this. Obviously, you mentioned you can go to 10 goodbuggycom to find all of those. But if people want to reach out to you guys individually, can they go ahead and do that and maybe ask some questions? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you want us to give out our emails? Just wherever people want to get to <laughs> LinkedIn, email, or just go to the website. LinkedIn, yeah, Debbie Sparks. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yep. Yep. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. And of course, you can head on over to that website to get caught up with them. Grace, we are done here for the day, but I'm definitely going to go maybe check out some of their books. Maybe my uh, dog Goose needs to find a buddy in Detour. Oh, uh, definitely. And there's just like so, there's so many other smaller characters too that you meet throughout the, it's just, it's really funny as someone in the industry to like see how it could come out in a book style and they do a great job. So uh, hopefully, excited for the next one to come out. A Christmas gift next year. There you go. <laughs> keep the series rolling. Grace, speaking of keeping things rolling, we've got more coming up for the rest of our day here. We can find you this afternoon on Sirius XM. Time, place, who you got tonight? So you can find us uh, every day, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sirius XM. If you missed it, you can catch it at 11 p.m. or you can catch two weeks of episodes on demand. Tonight, we have actually a guest who's going to be on the Sales and Marketing Summit. Uh, that's LB, Lauren Bailey from Factor 8. So she's going to kind of give some tips and a sneak peek of our chat on Thursday. And then uh, Thomas Watson will be on as well, probably cracking some jokes and making us all laugh. So it'll be a good old time. There you go. And get registered for that Sales and Marketing Summit. That's a Thursday here on Freight Waves. Thank you all for tuning in with us. We'll catch you next week on Great Quarter Gals. One, two, three, go!